Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Verified. This is our very last episode and it's a little bittersweet for us, but I have four very special guests on, all of which have contributed to putting Verified together behind the scenes. At the top, we have Jordy, who is our audio engineering. In the middle, we have James, and he's been responsible for all of the production and our social media. We have Lara. Um, do a little wave for us. Thank you. Um, she is our videographer and our video editor. And then we have Loren, who puts together all of our fantastic graphics that you see in our videos, but also on our social media. So. Why did I ask them to join me on our very last episode? It's because I'm the face behind it, but they don't get the credit for all of the work that they do. So we're bringing them to the forefront to ask them about their experience and what this journey has been like for them. So we have James. He asked all of our followers on social media um, regarding some of the questions that you wanted to ask us. So James, if you could take that away. Yeah, no problem. So we did get a few. Someone asked us to verify them. Well, unfortunately, we can't do that at this time. But one of our first questions that we got was, what were some of the challenges that the production team faced while recording your weekly episodes during the transition with COVID? Uh, well, I can start that off. Uh, one of our biggest challenges is that... Um all of our recordings were typically done at the RSU on campus. And so when uh, things got shut down and social distancing started happening, um, we ended up having to switch to doing some form of uh, video call. Um, so we started using Discord to be able to do that. And so some of the challenges actually were kind of figuring out how to get guests on if and it's not always super accessible if folks don't have laptops to be able to uh, use webcams and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that was one of our biggest challenges was moving the things online and figuring out how we were going to get good quality video and audio to uh, keep the... Um, I'll speak on video. So, I mean, personally, because I'm the one that does the editing, it wasn't any more difficult. It was manageable but the one thing that was hard for me was just the videos were much longer so I had to go in and and try to adjust the the story so that it makes sense uh, whereas when you film in person you're actually physically there and you're able to kind of direct people and and know the flow more or less and video, the video recordings doesn't go past 30 minutes but um, over discord they were going some of them were over two hours so it was a little bit more challenging but I mean Honestly, it was it was a great experience. It was something different, so fun. Yeah, and then um, from like a graphic design point of view, or just like a general point of view, like we have the tools and the technology to, you know, not just do our typical podcast, which is in house, like uh, produced in house, but being able to bring it online and utilize these tools that we are familiar with. Um, it made it a lot easier for us, especially because like we're all pretty used to using different types of um, like online streaming services. So uh, not streaming services, you know what I mean? Like virtual video calling services. Um, so that being said, it was pretty easy to work around that. And then we, from a graphic design perspective, we made the borders, um, just making it look as presentable and as on brand and as like verified, identified um, as possible. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but this will happen too. Uh, so we just try to make it, as normal as we possibly can. And I think we were able to achieve that with the situation happening. So we're very happy with like the, the production that actually came out of it and that we were able to put our minds together to make it more of an online platform rather than just being like a in-person uh, recording. Yeah. I remember being so against the whole webcam idea. Yeah, you did yeah. not like it at all. <laughs> we just had to make it look legit and also it's their own skills we made that happen when we filmed in person we had to make sure we had the room we had to make sure we had the equipment the lighting was perfect everything was in order and it took time to set had up to print every question on your cue cards for yeah you. i actually you didn't, miss you didn't have my, to do that anymore i miss my cue cards come and show up and have time to 
show up for us. But when you do it over webcam, it's actually easier because they can be in their home. They mm. can just press the button and they're, they're in a call with us. So it feels more like to Laura's point earlier about the length of it. People get really vulnerable because they are in their homes, but it's really challenging because I was so used to having James come and wave me down and have like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, like countdowns. And now I don't have that. It's just like I have to be cautious of my own time. But a lot of people who are coming on love what they do so they could talk forever. They're and, more and they're they're comfortable, right? Yeah. Way more comfortable. Yeah, Should great question. Okay, Which, like, more. to that, like, it's a good thing, too, that they're more comfortable because, like, you want those in-depth questions. You want to actually, like, be able to have a full-on conversation about mm-hmm. it with them being, like, comfortable to speak on what they want to. So, it's kind of nice, actually. Yeah. I agree with that. Jump into some more. We got a lot of hellos and highs and winky faces. Someone asked how to hustle 101. Nice. But a I more think. serious question... Um, was what was your favorite episode to record slash interview slash prepare for? Um, so I guess I'll hop on that. Um, we interviewed a lot of people um, in first semester and that was a lot of fun and a lot of them were like celebrities or big names. Um, I actually got, and I haven't talked about this, so it's kind of cool, but I interviewed Brother Nature, and I was actually the one who brought him to the hospital when he found out he had malaria. So very interesting time for me. Um, And it was just interesting and good to, like, sit down with people and break the barriers, like, especially who are, like, verified and big known. So that was really cool. Um, I also got to interview Sophie, and I loved that conversation But my favorite person to, what is it called, research with James was definitely Joseph, because I remember that moment of us being in my office and we were watching his documentaries and we genuinely were like falling for his art. And it I don't know, like James can touch on it more, but for me, it touched me so personally. And we're sitting there and it was just like a bonding moment for the two of us to be researching him. And then asking him questions and preparing for it, it just really made it something special. So definitely preparing for that was my favorite. Um, I think with that one, I think with preparing for it, it also made us realize like kind of a new direction that Mm -hmm. we wanted to take verified in the sense of more Toronto-based or Ryerson community entrepreneurs and students. So I think, yeah, that definitely was a good one. Yeah, and then for who I actually interviewed. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this because I think everyone on our podcast was so great and so much fun. Um, But it also just depended on my mood. Like I was dealing with the court case. So a lot of times I had to like go in and be super hyped and energetic. And I wasn't really that in that mindset or that mood. Um, But Alyssa was definitely my favorite person to interview because we talked about periods and it just felt like I wasn't being like extra or like modifying how I talked. It was like the first time I felt like true to myself and chill. And it was an issue that affected me and that I cared about. And we played like a no shame game and James made the game and then Lorraine made the questions. And I think because our whole team was involved in that process, it made it even better. Loren put some questions that I was like, I'm not asking that. Like, <laughs> have you ever took a plan B? I was like, I'm not asking you that. Loren's always doing the most. I want to know. The people want to know. <laughs> I'm just the voice. Don't shoot the messenger. <clears throat> what about yeah. you, Laura? What was your favorite to film? Um, honestly, so we started playing games at, I think, was it Craig's, right? Mm-hmm. Craig's right. episode? So Craig's episode was the episode that James was like, yes, let's, let's And so we got cookies from Craig's Cookies. You guys know that he's the creator of Craig's Cookies. So he guessed what flavors he was eating blindfolded. So, I mean, that was my favorite just because I, I know Craig's Cookies. It was cool having him in. Um, and, yeah, it was like the first game segment of many that mm-hmm. came later on. I think that was my favorite. I agree with that. That's a good one, Laura. 
I would say anyone like in the second semester because in the first semester we were really like struggling to get a lot of like materials together and like so uh for example in the first semester uh Laura wasn't on board yet so we didn't have um any access to uh cameras through Ryerson and a lot of people were like asking us often uh be saying how come you haven't had uh certain students on they would get you cameras for free through Ryerson and then we did have a videographer that uh, was on board with us then uh, at Ryerson, but didn't have the course requirements. And it just, uh, they didn't allow us to rent that stuff. So we were using my camera and like where we could, we were trying to ask people to borrow cameras. So once we got to the second semester and having someone that had access to that gear, it really changed how we were doing things, being able to get free angles and like, just like the quality really went up by having the gear to do it. Mm -hmm. Loren, do you have a favorite episode, even though you haven't actually physically been there for any recording? Uh, <laughs> that was good. That yeah. was good. <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> honestly, I would have to say, like, my opinion's a little biased um, because I'm, like, really good friends with Maya and Kiana, so I would have to say their episode was my favorite. Um just like because like they're close friends of mine and it's always and even Vinny is like a close friend of mine as well so it's really cool being able to see like your friends thrive and giving them those opportunities and making those you know those gateways and I know how um Kiana was like the way that it came about of her like her and Maya being on the show is Kiana was telling me that she has premieres coming up for her shows and how she would really love a lot of experience and how it'd be really great to have a platform um, like this especially since they go to Ryerson it's just being able to help your friends and seeing them thrive and giving them those opportunities is what I'm all about and like encouraging others so um yeah I really like seeing them and like hearing their answers because like I from my perspective I feel like I know everything about them but there are so many things I learned about them that I even though I've known them for whatever the past like six eight years um it feels like uh you know it feels like I learned a new side of them so yeah yeah Look at you. Okay. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Okay. Wait, you didn't answer what your favorite one was. Yet. I did. I, I, okay. So, oh yeah, true. I talked about preparing with you. I, well, yeah. So researching that one was cool. Also thought researching Kyosha Love was really cool, but just because I was so impressed by all that she was doing at such a young age coming from Ryerson. But in terms of, sitting and like recording uh yeah craig's cookies is probably one of my favorite ones because we did introduce the cookie segment and i woke up like i can't remember we recorded i think like 10 or 10 30 or something like that so i i had to come must have been downtown like 45 minutes or even like an hour before that and like i live all the way in Vaughn, so add two more hours to that so i was probably the first customer that day i went to go pick up the cookies and so yeah that was probably one of my favorite ones as well. a loyal customer Laura, we're already halfway um, through. Change my camera. We're driving, Give me two seconds. I feel like it's a little bit dark, so I'm just gonna switch her up. Hey guys, I'm back. Sorry, had to switch it up. It's all good, kids. This is the last question. <laughs> so someone actually asked, "How can I get on the verified team?" Well, um, so the bittersweet component that I was talking about at the very beginning. This is my. Um, final year, I guess, at the RSU. My term is coming to an end. So unfortunately, this was a project that I carried out through um, the special projects of the president. So unless the next year executive decides to take this on, it's completely up to them. So I would encourage you if this podcast helped you and inspired you in any way um, to talk to your next year executive team and just ask them to continue this. Um, but I would also like to mention that you can form your own team and the RSU offers podcast equipment that you can rent out. So if you go to our website, www.rsuonline.ca, you can click the link and it will um, explain to you how to rent out our podcast equipment. So I think that's a great opportunity for students to get involved and kind of just share their own opinions and initiatives that they're working on and just inspire your own communities in that way. Kind of like Craig said, is like, find your tribe. Yeah. Nice way to end that one. 
if you guys also just want to reach out to the Instagram, we can give you advice on how to do this online like we've been doing, which is a really easy, like pretty cheap setup that you could uh, do for yourself and, you know, just feel it out and feel like if you want to start renting the gear because it's something that takes off for you. Yeah, so message me. Of course. The Instagram will stay, we'll yeah. stay active, so James will reply. Got yeah. Um, but also keep in mind that due to COVID-19, um, the podcast equipment might not be available to rent until we're all out of self-isolation. So just think about that. Uh, right. <sighs> and I think that's all the questions for now from Instagram that I've gathered. But yeah, running the Instagram has been very fun and interesting to say the least. It was mm-hmm. fun. Okay, so now we're going to get into the second part of the video. Um, we're going to get personal. We're going to pick a team member of choice to ask a question to. Um, I'm going to start by asking, <laughs> I'm start by asking Loren, actually. Um, so since we're both in a production background, and actually Loren and I have been friends for almost 12 years. Fun fact. we um, 12 years too long. <laughs> and james actually we all all three of us went to the same high school um it's, it was an art school so anyways loren's been into arts her whole life and we did musical theater together we did um drama together um with that being said what point in your life did you decide that graphic design was your preferred path of study going into ryerson yeah, so when I was going into university, I was choosing, like, two just two different paths. Um, I don't know if I wanted to get into acting because, like, my whole world was acting up to that point, basically, or if I wanted to, um, you know, explore other realms and kind of get more into, like, the management side of things. I've always been um, really strong when it came to my management and my communication skills, so the 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 program that I went into at Ryerson, it's called graphic communications management. And it just, it seemed like it fit the bill for me. Um, And like, I stopped acting because I had an acting coach that told me if you could see yourself doing anything but acting, don't become an actor. And I really, that really stuck with me. And I'm really happy that like, although that was a really great part of my life and it gave me a lot of amazing skills. um, This seems like more of the route for me. Um, especially like more in a reality sense, what I could afford, what was uh, feasible. And, you know, there's so many things that factor into those choices. Uh, so that being said, I went into graphic communications management and I kind of, I lo- like became enthralled with the world of graphic, the, the graphic arts industry. And from there, I like my over, you know, my, my whole goal in the end is some form of product management, some form of um, you know, creative directing, whatever it may be that is creative while still uh, taking more of like the management side of things. Um, so within that, you have to work your way up. So uh, people have different ways of going about it. Uh, I chose to go more down the graphic design route um, and I do really enjoy it. And I find that it is something that it's just like, it's free to me. It comes naturally. There are times where it's like, oh, I need to think of this design. Or for instance, when I was doing the quotes for Verified, I tried to make them um, very, like, you know, their own and speak on the actual yeah. quote in some format, whether it was more, like, obscure or more um, more obvious, I guess. I don't want to become a graphic designer for the rest of my life. It's kind of something that um, is a tool that I really like having, and I find that it has, you know, helped me a lot, and not only just, like, my own projects and school projects, but also with my friends and being able to share it with others. Um, and I'm really proud of a lot of the work that I have done, especially like being in verified. Um, so that being said, like I've taken on, taken on more of a project management side with all of, all of my other different projects. So this was really nice being able to be managed by, um, you know, Vanessa and the rest of the team and then working under as a graphic designer while still, you know, having my input here and there on like marketing decisions and, uh, other elements of the podcast. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy being a graphic designer. Um, I just have a love for like curating and putting like layout and design. And I learned all of that from my program and I got to grow through my program, all the different projects that I had. So I know like basically in short, um, this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think that you kind of 
get capped at a certain point with graphic design personally. Um, and I just think that there's more out there for me in terms of like the project management realm. Um, and I definitely see myself going into advertising, but expanding much further from graphic design. So I love graphic design, but not for life. Can I just comment and say that I've interviewed over way over like 50 people throughout this whole year. And Loren was my favorite person ever to interview um and i will end on that note (laughs) what's so funny is that like i feel like i wasn't prepared for that interview too like i feel like i just it was more of a conversation it ended up being like what like an hour long vanessa like yeah someone came and got me and they were like you have another interview who's been here for like half an hour and i thought it was the funniest and i'm like i could just tell them to go away (laughs) (laughs) i do want to add though that this just shows like James recommended Lauren and then Lauren recommended Lara and there is a power in connections although I do want to say because I hold myself and all of you know sometimes I can be very hard on all of you um I won't just pick you because who you know like you did have to go through like an extensive like process and it is all about your hard work so yes connections are good but like um Loren was saying is you have to put in the work and try. So if anything from this experience in creating this team and working with this team, it's learning that who you know will only get you so far. And that's how we got a lot of guests on our show. Um, but it also, they were all talented and all were yeah, great. It comes down to why you're offering the referral. And like, I wasn't going to offer the referral to Loren if I thought it was just going to be like any mm-hmm. ordinary person. Like I should keep not, you know, yeah, I guess I strategically chose to like refer Loren because I knew that talents were worth our while. But that even shows like I trust anybody James recommends, I trust because I trust him as a person. Mm-hmm. So that speaks so much if people will take your word on things. So again, building yourself up and building your own portfolio allows you to actually get your friends' jobs and allow your friends to have opportunities because people will trust you. Um, but that's also a dangerous game because you don't want to just trust your friends because they're yeah. your friends. Ensure that um, they're good at what they do. My question is for Jordy. Hello. So um, <laughs> you're currently studying at Ryerson. You're in the uh, medical physics program, yeah. um, which, uh, what the fuck? That's <laughs> crazy. Um <laughs> And uh, so I know that you also have like a previous degree in auto engine, uh, audio engineering and you frequently like produce music on your own. I just wanted to know like what it was like going through that transition of like those two very different types of degrees and then um, like how it feels like returning to your roots and like using your previous degree on verified and like um, how you use it to your advantage. Hmm. Well, I, I think like it's one of those things I kept doing while uh, going through uh, starting back into uh, like a more academic lens of things, going back into medical. Um, so it, it was something I was keeping up with. I was doing a lot of uh, music leading back into doing that. Um, I had done a project for this artist named Sidani, which got long listed for the Polaris project, um, which I did all the mixing, recording, and mastering on. Um, but all of those types of things are projects that have a way more um, compact schedule. Like you start something and when they come around, you're like eager to work on them and you uh, do really great work. But I was kind of eager to do something more like this because of the fact that it has the ability to be longstanding and um, you get to work on a lot like more stuff uh, continuously throughout that like process. And um, for anyone that wants to get into this sort of stuff, it's like pretty different of a... um, style of doing things uh the goal in today's music is really to just get things as like loud as possible mostly because if your mm-hmm. thing sounds louder than the next thing in the spotify playlist it sounds better to people's ears whereas uh with conversational stuff uh that isn't really the goal of it so you kind of have to pivot and figure the, the the nuances in that um and yeah so Coming back to this project, it was really cool to get to like support a team that's like multifaceted like this. So 
um, all of us have been sort of uh, handing off uh, files with drives and Google Drive and stuff like that. So uh, having the uh, sort of knowledge and learning more things about Premiere just so I can get all the audio in there nice and cleaned up uh, from the audio software into Premiere so uh, Laura can be able to edit it properly and it's fully synced was just uh, being able to build on that sort of uh, music and audio point of view and kind of start learning what other people expect out of you in the like workforce so mm-hmm. uh, yeah like on that like I think it's what's something interesting and James and I were talking about it earlier today actually it was how like it seems like music is this type of thing where there isn't so much structure to it it's something that you just like have to keep on creating and it's not like um like obviously like art first structure you know, later like yeah. sorry James? art first structure later and i think yeah. that was kind of the approach we took in first semester exactly whereas like i feel like something like verified now like a second semester at least um it's very structured where we have you know we have our timelines we have our deadlines um things need to get done and this has to be structured this way and so like you could see that like we're slowly improving with every episode which was our goal because like you're not going to be you know perfect off the bat but as long as you could show that improvement that's all that really matters so it's kind of like different from you like the music production of like what you're working on uh so i just thought like it's cool like that you're able to do both like both structured and something more free-flowing like musical uh, producing well, I think one of the things like that that I would give advice to um, any people that want to sort of get into that uh, creative realm of music and stuff like that, it really, uh, the where you're going to see the most benefits and the, you're improving yourself the most is actually getting through those days where you sit down at your computer or however you create and you make something anyways and you just go, go through making a few things. Uh, the more times you're off at bat, the like better you'll do and when those moments come around where you're feeling like exceptionally creative, you're not going to be like bogged down by the technical aspects of, you know, what's the quickest way to load up this file and get into the idea I have. So uh, mm-hmm. I would say this type of structure, like anyone that is a creative, if they can get into something that's like a week by week thing um, or like impose those things on yourself, maybe trying to make something every week, you'll actually like see a lot of benefit. Yeah. Preach. Um, So I guess next I have a question for James. So uh, James was someone that uh, had to work behind the scenes and kind of get us heard of cats like in a line as we just kind of spoke of it. We were kind of a little bit more free flowing last semester and James really had to like coax us into like getting the best possible product out of all of us. Um, So one of the things I wanted to ask about is when you're in school, you do these... um, group projects and it's like a tendency to just sort of say oh someone's like slacking but I want to get a really good mark so I'm gonna like pick up the slack and like just do the whole project but how yeah (laughs) so how how would you say you approach this differently in like this work environment and what's something like maybe people that are currently graduating can uh like take into the workforce by like this difference in working with an actual team compared to a group project very in-depth question. Yeah, that was very like a good. ABC Part D. Okay. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I guess like the big difference that I found was yeah, I think you're right. I feel like a lot of the times while like working group projects, as much as like I can, like we can easily just delegate the task and I can like just assume that you're gonna do it. And if I don't like it, I have the easy capability of just going in, not just going in and ch- manipulating it myself, but like communicating to you, telling you what I don't like, and then working together on doing and like getting the desired result but i feel like because everyone was so like specific in what we all did within our roles that i didn't have that liberty to just be like oh jordy you're um you can't work on auto today okay let me just work on it for you like i mm-hmm. don't even know how to log into the website never mind actually do it so i feel like in doing so communication was very key and i feel like i, I have to apologize now because it was definitely very very annoying during this entire semester because i know i was on you guys like every day hey is this ready for the next four days or is this ready for next week and just making sure you guys are on it not that i was trying to micromanage but just because of that idea that i can't i don't have that um, ability to go and produce the same um, product that you guys obviously can produce so um, in terms of the difference, yeah, I think making sure that my part was done, but like, I think something that was important with this was like 
trying to build like a following base for like something that isn't like tangible, like a podcast. Like it was, I, it was kind of hard. So like we really were trying to find creative ways where we had daily content to like pull people's attention, to remind us to, to like, for us to find ways to stay relevant for our viewers. So yeah, I guess all of that was a lot, but yeah, communication, communication, communication. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I want something to add to that. Like, well, you're saying that like, yeah, there are definitely times where you can't like, you know, completely take over and be like, oh, I'm just going to edit this one thing on myself. So like, there's a lot of trust that goes into that. But there are also a lot of times where like, you would like even say like little things about the graphic elements where sometimes it's like, oh, that's actually a really good thing that you pointed that out, James. Like, I never noticed that because it's always mm -hmm. important to have like a second opinion on it. Or there'd be times where like you would say something and I would say, hey, like, um, no, this was the inspiration for this. This is why, like, I agree with this. So being able to, like, see each other's perspectives and respect that, I think that's, like, what's really important with working as a team. And, like, yeah. you definitely did that. Like, we're, I think, at every aspect of the, like, the production of the video is, like, James was always, like, you know, on it to make sure that we're on, like, the, the right timeline, but also making sure that it was, per like, perfect. And, yeah. um, James, didn't like, and I'm, like, and piss you guys off. without being controlling, Because I'm no, sure like, that happened a few times. But I which, do... Like, no, but, like, sorry. No, there is... I do want to say that something I noticed in James that I actually switched slightly in how I manage is um in group settings you kind of walk around like on eggshells to make sure that everyone's happy and rightfully so like you want to have a good working dynamic to be on everyone's side but james was not afraid to cuss us out <laughs> need be to be like you need yeah, to be on your shit yeah like yes and no like you weren't always <laughs> nice but <laughs> There is that accountability element that I think in university people don't like I know in my university experience when I was in group projects, you always want to be nice and it's OK, I'll just do it. It's like, no, you have to do it and you have to do it by this deadline. Mm -hmm. And when you don't do it by this deadline, it's like, why is this not done? You know, you had a yeah. responsibility. So it's like being hard on people actually does accomplish a lot and it allows us to check ourselves to hold ourselves accountable. And I do think that is an important part because a lot of people might not know, but you also have like 10 other projects outside of just verified. So mm -hmm. he was managing and producing this team, but then also doing like 10 different things. So in holding you accountable, he had to hold himself accountable at the same time. So yeah. the stern approach I learned from you because I was Which in... Which is hard with friends, right? Because like that could go, to, like that could be a pro and a con being like friends with the people that you work with. Because it's like sometimes like some things can be personal, like mm -hmm. and even like from my perspective as a graphic designer, like design is a very intimate thing where you know it's it's conceptually coming from you. So I think it depends on how you're going about it. So rather than James being like. Um, this graphic looks shit. I don't think like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like he'd be like, I don't know if that like really fits the theme of that. Like, I think it could be like a little bit more like prominent or it just, it's not, um, being translated correctly, which like that type of criticism I could understand. Whereas like, um, you know, there's a lot of people that manage poorly where they'll just say like, Oh, I don't like, like micromanage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, micromanage without recommendations and without building. being specific, right? Like you can't yeah. like expect perfection, but then your not put anything. Is never your yeah, you exactly. To, you have to know what you're it, like for someone to comment on Loren's work. The person commenting needs to know. Okay, if I'm going to make this comment, what in my head do I think the graphic should look like, and then communicate yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, so I just have a question for James, like to follow up on what you guys are kind of saying. Um, so. A lot of the time when you're trying to get something out of a team member where you don't have those skills, you have to kind of learn the language that they speak in. So something that's very typical with music is artists will say they want it to hit more. And as an audio engineer, you're like, what the heck is hit more? You're like, oh, okay, you want the impacts to feel like heavier. You want like all these things. And you have to kind of learn that language to speak back. So James, you're working with like three different types of like like things yeah. that go into this art form like how do yeah. you learn the languages to speak to the three of us <laughs> honestly I don't even, there's so many times where i would try and like upload an image but then like i would get this like notification thing like oh your graphic is under two megabytes it has to be actually 
four megabytes and at this quality and this pixelation so i'd be like yo loren you can send me at this with this version or like even when we were doing um the verified launch party and i had to translate loren's graphics to get them printed and i had to do that by myself and she was like asking me for like all these proofs and different copies and different files i was like there's systems, yeah, that you're like, you're not listening to my girl Loren and she'll email you back. But how did I end up getting yeah. through it? I think just asking you guys questions for clar- clarification all the time was key. But again, I as soon as the lingo got way too in-depth, I just had to like, okay, whatever you say, yeah, bet. That's right. Let's do that. Let's do it like that. So 100%. Going with asking questions, I was actually responsible with asking Vanessa questions. Well, not asking Vanessa questions, but helping you prepare questions for you to ask or guess. So with that, was there ever a conversation where I created questions for you to ask, but because like, I guess you ended up being so into like the natural conversation and just interacting and vibing with you, speaking with that, like, because obviously you can't prepare for everything ultimately before you go into a conversation, but was there ever a conversation where you actually completely disregarded all of my research and work and you kind of just uh, took control of the boat and just let the river take you? There was the Vanessa that was, deep. <laughs> that was deep. There was there was two people that I did this and let me just start by saying um, James did so second semester um, the university like failed to recognize the RSU in January. And it happened a for week- For a short moment of time. For a short moment of time, because you know we won the injunction and we're, we're sunny the now. We recognize. <laughs> um, but this happened a week before our launch party. Um, so I was like dealing with like the law and having to be at our lawyer's office a large majority of my um, days. Um, And then I legitimately went like this and just passed everything to James and he executed everything so perfectly. And within that, because I used to love being a part of the research because my background in school is um, researching as well. So I loved doing all of that. And because I couldn't be doing like two things at once, James had to do all of the research for me. Um, but it, we had a system where he would send it to me and the night before I would go through it and like take out questions, add my own. That was all great. Um, but there's two times that I never looked at his questions until the day. That's a lie. Until the minute before, or even <laughs> like I didn't look at it at all. And those two people oh. were oh. Craig. <laughs> Craig, I looked at um, half an hour before he came. And not gonna lie, because yeah, Laura really had to help pull in that game segment. She was cracking mm-hmm. open the cookies, getting the plates ready. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know we were, we were playing no game, so I was yeah, like, no one reviewed anything, really. <laughs> well, the thing, okay, so with Craig, the okay, so the second person was Kiosha, and I'll get into that, but with Craig, we asked him questions, and it was like the first question and it just threw me off and I said fuck these questions I'm asking these ones because I said oh like you were in two different fields like you went from being an actor to being an entrepreneur like why did you make that career switch and he goes I didn't switch careers I'm still doing it I was like fuck this guy didn't even research properly and it's not that he didn't he did he did he did a very good job at it and then all of his questions I came back to on my verified cue cards but it just threw me off and I told everyone like yo that was my worst episode like one always be prepared I'll say that but then so many people at Ryerson like we have a board of director Anna Sophia she watched her episode and now she's trying to create a deal with Craig's Cookies for Ryerson students which is dope and then all of the RSU staff um so many of my friends messaged me and was like Craig's cookies was the best episode love that you're such a good host and I was like and I used to get mad I do you remember in our team meeting when I we were all talking about like our favorite episodes yeah and, like, I remember that and I was so yeah. upset because I thought I did such a horrible job but then that was like our audience favorite one so I guess having a natural conversation is really good and then he opened up 
just about his journey. And then the question, it wasn't on there, but like, what would you tell your 10 year old self? That was so beautiful. And I almost started crying halfway through it when he was like, it's okay to be gay. I was just not expecting to have that conversation with him. I thought it was going to be very entrepreneurship like based. So the messing up of a question and me not reviewing it ended up making it a very successful episode. So I'll say that. And then Kiosha, love her, super dope. Um, So she came on and she looked so cute and like so dope, but she made a comment about like working for Ram and like, she's like, it gives me anxiety, but like she was saying it as a joke and I was just so thrown off. Like, and James kept saying like he was researching, I think I might've been in court that week or something, but James really loved all of her questions. And he's like, yo, she like advertised for Nike, absolute. And just showing me, he's like, she's so cool. And I was like, yeah, James, like I'll look at it when I look at it. And he would message me and be like, have you read the questions? And I would lie. And I was like, yeah, I read all of them. Don't worry, I got you this. what I'm doing <laughs> So the Why? day of, I meet her and then like James tells me, like he comes in the kitchen and we make coffee or like tea for all of our guests. And he's like, oh my God, she has like PTSD from being here. But he was joking, but I didn't know. So I got nervous and I was like, fuck, I don't even know who this girl is. I didn't read the questions. And then we're sitting there, thankfully, thankfully, we talked for like two minutes before we started. And Max Irwin, um, he's a RSU board of director, but our last president, shout out to him. He knew her. So like he kind of broke the ice with that. And then I started reading, like I read his first question, but I hate like looking at a screen and then doing like this. And then all of a sudden we got into supporting community. And then she started talking about her relationship with her mom. And it was so beautiful that I was just like, fuck these sorry and it that also was such a special episode too like I have so many favorites but again that one just turned out so great and I was learning about her like as she was talking and I don't even think I asked her so many questions because she just like loved to talk and she carried the conversation so I just let her go I was like the wheel is yours take it uh so those were the two people who I didn't prepare for but it turned out really really well okay everyone so the very last question as you can guess is for lara and i just want to touch on you as an individual but also as a professional um because you're working on this project as someone who's in media production and a large part of this experience actually contributed to your credit which i think is great and it was an opportunity for the RSU to actually support students in their craft, which shout out to that. Um, but I do want to talk to you about your experience, how it differs being in the classroom and outside of the classroom with regards to time management. Yeah, good question. So um, in, in relation, so I'm in media production. It's a program at Ryerson uh, we do cameras we do multi-camera we do marketing we do a bunch of media related stuff so um, the difference in that versus a, a project like this is that every week we have an episode we have an air date and you know in my in my school life we obviously have deadlines for projects and stuff but they're a little bit more flexible in terms of Oh, you guys need more time to work on a project? Cool. Here's an extra like five days. But we don't, like for Verified, we don't have that because every Friday there needs to be an episode because the marketing will will not work out if there is no episode. Because every Saturday we have a filler post. Every Monday we have our quote. Every Tuesday. Yeah, just with that being said, uh, the importance of knowing your team's schedule and knowing how long it might take for someone to do their best work and uh, obviously not letting them take advantage of you, but still being able to um, be firm with them and say, okay, if can you have it by Wednesday latest? Because we want to be able to watch it. We want to be able to go through it. We want to make sure there's no errors. Like one, editing is so complex. You're editing, like putting in videos, images, so how much time do you dedicate to your craft and where do you get the time from if you're in school and like, how do you manage that? Good question. 
a lot of the work that I did, I have to thank James and Jordy for because they actually helped me with the process of editing. So for example, we would shoot our video on, let's say, let's say Tuesday on a week. And then uh, Jordy would take the footage and he would sync the audio and he would, uh, first of all, he'd compress his audio and make it sound perfect and then sync the video with the audio and then send me the file. And I would go into the project and it would already be synced. And that helped so much because first of all, I, I'm so bad with syncing and audio and anything audio related um, and he just made it easier for me to start the project flowing and I would give myself two days so the first day would be more or less kind of the rough um, cutting and the rough like overall look of the video and then I would send that to James and James would watch the video and he would give me time uh, segments for when the best quote would be and what the quote would be for then Loren would start editing the graphic. And then as Loren is editing the graphic for the quote, I go into my second uh, day of editing and do the final uh, inputting the graphics James chose for me, doing the color correction, doing the final cuts, um, inserting the intro and the outro. And by then Loren should have her quote done and the video would be done. So once the video airs, the quote airs and it's just all timed perfectly. So um, keeping in mind every person's role and mm. helping each other with with their own skills. So G James, his skill is is the research component component because he is the producer. So with research comes the graphic research. So when he'd watch the rough for me, he would be able to quickly find me like 20 pictures and put the pictures in. But then near the end of of this whole semester he got bombarded with school as we all did mm -hmm. and kindly said you know Laura like I can't do this right now so are you able to do the graphic research and I was like yeah no problem so for the last two or three videos I did the graphic research we work around each other and we try to help each other as best as we can yeah I think that's a great way to sum it all up is that everyone played their part in the completion like the video could only be done if everyone else contributed to it. Um, so everyone helped each other kind of stay on task and complete deadlines. It's a good answer. The video element was actually only for a, a visual component. So obviously podcasts don't always have videos that are uploaded, but they had me on the team to, to have that third element of of your like in the room with them, you're watching the video. So we obviously had our, our audio mm -hmm. uploaded on Spotify and Apple yeah. Music on the website. Mm -hmm. But the video was just kind of like that added that added benefit to the person that's watching that wants to see what the viewer looks yeah. like. To, I'm sorry, see what the guest looks like, to see what Vanessa looks like, to see maybe um some mm -hmm. of the like for my and Kiana, I inserted some of their acting reels and um for first kid I put a bunch of her art up and for um Ren's art he's the one that we did last week a bunch of his art because it's important for the viewer to see what they're listening to so mm -hmm. yeah also no, really audio, um accessibility reasons was another one adding yeah. subtitles yes oh the subtitles <laughs> yeah so that was the most important thing is that we were just finding different platforms to incorporate accessibility so um if you were hard of seeing, you had the ability to go on Spotify and Apple. If you were hard of hearing, you had the ability to go on YouTube. Um, so just making sure that we diversified and stayed true to like the creation of what this podcast was, and that was for equity, equity and inclusion. And I think all of the people who we've had on our show, whether or not we plan to, always touched on their identity and where they sat, their privilege, and just like what Building they do community. for the community. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. That's, we didn't even prompt those questions, but because people genuinely cared about the work they were doing in Toronto, it was just so authentic in explaining that story. Shout out to all of us. Shout out to all of us. We're like, yeah. this is the 12th episode. I never thought we would get to the, well, I truly didn't think you would get to this point in the season. Yeah, like, yeah. to just go off of that, um, the first semester of crew, like James, Jordy, and I, we actually had to fight to allow this to happen because we truly believed in... Advocate. Yeah, we advocate. Because this does have a good impact, like, there has been so many times a student texted me, 
like inboxes me and they say, hey, thank you. That podcast really motivated me, really helped me. And I don't think people realize that. And Ryerson, we're a commuter school. It It's really hard to show up for events. We've also <laughs> been able to save money and ensure that we're spending students' money back on them and giving them the knowledge and expertise that they need. The university and past executives have even brought in guests um, and paid them $4,000. And five people were in attendance. Whereas we've reached over 4,000 people with this podcast and we didn't pay anything besides just buying our equipment, which in the long run was way cheaper and more effective and accessible for all students at Ryerson. So I'm very happy with the results of our podcast. Um, For anyone that is scared to work within a group setting or try to step out of their, you know, education uh, field and do something towards their professional field. Um, One thing, one piece of advice I can give is I was really scared of the routine element, like how Vanessa asked about the deadlines, but you get into the habit of the routine and it becomes easier over time and you get, you, your deadlines are embedded within your week. So routine will definitely help you in the long run because you get used to it. And I also like, this was something that was a big jump for me. Like I did not, in all honesty, I did not want to be the host of a podcast um, because like- You're a great, you're a great host, Vanessa. Thanks thanks so much. Um, But to form it, just to be my voice is completely different than for my face to be on it. Um, And all of the time, like you're having to- have that energy and thankfully our team is so great that even if I'm having a bad day, I can go into the boardroom and just be hyped and ready to go. Um, But I always have to look good and like be happy laughing with the guests and match their energy, which I think is great. But for me, I learned and Lauren actually in her interview, I'm interviewing her to be a part of my podcast, our podcast. And this girl is telling me the importance of podcasts. And I just felt like it was so, like, I don't know if it was, like, ironic, but I was like, how are you telling me how important podcasts are? And, like, (laughs) I'm supposed to be, like, asking you and, like, telling you why our podcast is important. This girl's not even on her team and is saying it. But for me, I didn't realize, like, you can be a researcher and still do a podcast. And it's a way of educating people and that's exactly what I took from it is how you can spread your message and um, your platform through another platform of just inspiring and educating people. And I think that is so important. And I hope other universities and um, the incoming exec actually considers still doing this because it is so meaningful if you use it productively and you can truly do it in a, a positive way. So to that, I think that's a wrap, guys. Uh, it's sad to say it, but uh, I guess uh, thank you to our listeners weekly who come in all the time and watch all the episodes, listen to all the podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, watch on YouTube. Thank you so much. Um, on behalf of everyone here at Verified, we'd like to thank you so much. Have a safe and healthy summer. Prioritize your health. And good luck to everyone with your future endeavors. It was so nice producing this podcast with you. But for now, we out. <laughs> Everyone's verified in our eyes. You're all verified. You are verified. (laughs)